Welcome in everyone to another live edition of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my co-host James Haskell. And this episode, we're gonna we're gonna review all our practice takeaways from the open stadium practice as we survived, like most fans, uh, under that that beating sun. Mm-hmm. Um, was was you know, I think it was a pretty decent first come first serve fight over the shade at the practice, but it was a really good time. Got to see our guys for the first time up close and in person. And yeah, so we're going to go over all the notes from that stadium. Uh, can't wait to do it. How you doing today, Jimbo? I'm doing good, man. It's been a beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about chatting about the Ravens. How you guys doing? Uh, we doing. I tell you what, I think the Ravens have got to be like looking around, like why couldn't we the weather? Today? Yeah, like why couldn't the weather be like this every day instead of mm-hmm. how they've been practicing those for those last three days? It's had to have been pretty rough out there, but uh, to their credit, they've been out there uh, getting it done. Yeah, no, absolutely, and shout out to them because it's only gonna make it's only gonna make them uh, stronger. Mm-hmm. That fortitude, baby. Yeah, man, absolutely. Because hey, look, they talk about the advantage Miami has, the Dolphins have in the early part of the season. Well, at this time in Baltimore, I'm, I got to imagine it's not terribly different than what they're dealing with in Miami. Dude, they got hundred hundred degree weather in Miami right now. Whew. I mean, not weather. Excuse me, uh, water. Oh, water. You hear about that? The beach water is 100 Dude, degrees. Ocean City is way, way warmer than it yeah, usually is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of kind of strange. What's going on, Jake? What's going on, Jax, Dawson? Hey, Lindsay, appreciate you coming out. Yeah, we're doing an earlier stream than typical uh, because, of course, we had to, to review everything that we saw. So I got a bunch of notes down. Guys, yep. you have to forgive me if this isn't in necessarily like chronological order and how yeah. we, we saw these observations. Uh, but we got the opportunity to see it live, and then I uh, I, I looked and, and watched the, the replay on YouTube this morning just to get a, a closer look at some things that were on the opposite side of the field. So yeah. excited to get into it, Jimbo. Where should we start? Yeah, man, I think the best place to start would probably be the biggest disappointment of the day, Glenn. Yeah, um, and, and that would be Zay Flowers' illness. He was, he was seen walking around, and he had a mask on. I don't know if, you know... COVID protocols are over with at this point. I don't know if there's anything to do with it. Maybe he has COVID, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't even know if they still test or if it matters to the team at all. But ultimately, he was left out of practice. Uh, and this That's the second practice in a row, if I'm not mistaken, just kind of battling an illness. So that was a bummer in that we didn't get to see him. Yeah, man. You know? I was. I mean, he was probably the guy I was most excited to see. And, yeah. then, you know, same with my son, who predicted that we would draft Zay Flowers. Uh, Wait, and- Cam did too? Yeah, man. He, Craig asked him who. who they oh, were and he take. wrote down Zay. That's because he listens to the show. He knows who to listen to, Glenn. Dude, he likes receivers. Come on, <laughs> you know he, that he's he likes offense, and so I think it was much hopeful as predicting. Sure, no, yeah, sure. disappointed not to see him. I mean, getting so much love throughout camp. Talked about being, you know, looking more like a vet than a rookie, mm-hmm. and his quickness, his his route running. I wanted to see it up close in person, but. Fortunately, have a couple more opportunities to go out to camp, and I'm hopeful he'll be there this Tuesday. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, did I just leave the live? No, you're here. Where am I? What on earth? What do you mean? That- I oh. still see you, dude. Jeez. Okay, I just totally lost my tab because I'm trying. I have like all these tabs up. I'm trying to like. Anyway, that was insane. All right. Um, yeah, that was a big bummer. The other thing I was going to mention too is that the bright side of it, Glenn, is that yep. it wasn't an injury right so we're happy about that you got mixed mispractice for you know the the bubble guts or you know you got the flu or whatever we get it like mm-hmm. that's fine but we're glad that it wasn't an injury 
But I, I figure that's probably the best place to start. Now we can get the other, we can get that out of the way and hope and hope Zay returns. Uh, and uh, and we'll chat about some other stuff. But one of the notes I, w- I wanted you to kind of talk about, Glenn, that, that you took that I didn't particularly pay a ton of attention to, but uh, really has to do with the running backs. I'm interested to get your take here. Yeah, I saw, you know, it looks like with J.K. being out, doing his hold-in or whatever the hell he's doing, uh, Gus Edwards is getting an opportunity to show if he can catch the or be relied upon to catch the ball in the backfield. We saw in a brief, you know, opportunities that he's had in his first few seasons here under a an offense that did not at all throw the ball to its running backs. He made the most of very, very limited opportunities, but most people thought that Gus Edwards couldn't be relied upon to consistently run routes and catch the ball in the backfield. And that's why they brought in a guy like Melvin Gordon, uh, who's shown that he can do both. That's why that a lot of people expect Justice Hill to have a big season. And some are even anticipating Keaton Mitchell could slide somewhere into this offense because of his ability to catch the ball. So I saw Gus Edwards get a bunch of opportunities, get some balls thrown his way. He made the catch on on the majority of them, but he did have a couple zip through his hands. Now, it's hard to know, you know, who gets the blame on some of these because I know one in particular where Josh Johnson got the ball out a little quicker than I think Gus was expecting as he was getting his head around mm-hmm. and had, had some pretty good zip on the ball and it did go through his hands. Uh, but I do think this is a big opportunity for Gus to show that, yeah, look, I haven't been given the opportunity and there might be this per- this perception that because of my lack of opportunities that I can't catch the ball. Uh, but if he can show he you know, it can be relied upon, then that only expands his role. Because I think what you don't want to end up being is that, okay, when Gus is on the field, he's running. When Justice is on the field, he's catching. Right. Well, the one other side note I want to mention that's most important is that in that whole um, note that you took, you're not talking about JK, which is is interesting to me, right? Like, it's just, it's a weird thing because it feels like the train is just moving on. You know, the whole train is moving on. But yeah, I agree with you. I want Gus to get more opportunities. And I remember seeing that that catch, but you're right. I mean, it coming from Josh, it, it being a little early and, and uh, not being from the guy he's used to catching, catching the ball from, uh, you know, all those things probably made a difference, but I'm excited to see what Gus can do this year. Ultimately, um, uh, ultimately though, it will give us an opportunity to, well, look, I'm saying it will give us an opportunity. We'll see what happens with JK, but yep. if Gus gets out there, I think, he's going to take advantage of every opportunity. Something that you mentioned, I think, last week is that Gus has done nothing in his whole career but take advantage of every single sliver of an opportunity he's ever been given. So it's hard to expect him to do anything different than that. Mm-hmm. And he looks healthy. Note, yeah, absolutely. The other note I'll say about the running backs is that I know I've, obviously everybody knows who Melvin Gordon is, but Keaton Mitchell looks bigger than he did mm-hmm. in college, at least in my opinion. Now, maybe it's because he doesn't have the pads on that yeah. it makes him look bigger, but he looked – bigger he looked explosive i mean he looked like he belongs um and we know what we've done i mean gus is a prime example undrafted guys have come here and done well mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's just an interesting spot for jk and i'm excited for the guys that are out there to to make the most of their opportunity not that i don't want jk to be out there but you want your guys to prosper you know if, well, if they're out there your, make the best of it you want them to want to be out there and it doesn't seem like jk wants to be out there right now and so yeah that's his call but also keaton mitchell to your point getting some looks as a punt returner as well he get an opportunity to grab some punts and further expand his value uh, as a running back and just an overall football player on the team another thing that i thought was kind of interesting here jimbo is that you know most people are assuming with Tab munkin taking over this offense and hmm. Greg Roman being a thing of the past that 
those design QB runs will be just like Roman, a thing of the past. But yeah, from what we saw at the open practice, not so fast. Uh, I think that while lessened, we will see you know the the design QB runs. They are gone. We saw multiple design QB runs, including up the middle from Lamar Jackson, where he would fake the handoff to a guy coming across and go, you know, in between the what tackle guard. I don't know if I saw between, you know, the guard and center, but nonetheless, in, you know, in between the hash running, whereas a lot of people are thinking, well, in this new offense, he'll only run when the opportunity presents itself as more of a scramble than a design run. But I think we'll still see some design runs, Jimbo. Yeah, that was interesting for me as well uh, to to see there and and to take note of because the on, the only runs I really don't want to see anymore is the up the middle stuff. Now, the one thing I will say is that I think what it will come down to those uh, those runs that are up the middle more than to the outside are usually home runs for Lamar. Like, you remember the Redskin game? Remember the Miami game? And I'm missing tons of them, right? Like, I'm missing a multitude. Of, the Rams game. Tennessee. All, Tennessee, Cincinnati. He is Houdini. All those things. I think he is Houdini was a similar play to the left. Just right? off the he, tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's going to be – I think the difference that we'll see this year is it's really going to be up to Lamar at the line. To see it and say, all right, I can recognize this. Let me call it. And, and make the play himself. So we could still see a lot less of it because he's going to be the one ultimately making the decision, in my opinion, based mm-hmm. on what I'm understanding about Munkin's, you know, Munkin's uh, expectations of Lamar Jackson when it comes to play calling. So maybe we see less of it. Heck, maybe we see more of it. To add to that, even the unscheduled stuff, the only thing I was a bit bummed about yesterday was in the, the situational stuff that we did see. I saw Lamar scrambling more than I wanted him to. It was like three, four times. Yeah. I mean, I get it, right? But, like, I don't know how much good it does for the team either. Like, we all know Lamar can scramble. Like, throw that rock around. You're not getting cut, dude. Like, Yeah, you think – you think. well, I guess the, the question is, do you practice like you'd play? And yeah. maybe in, if he was playing in that moment, he would take off. But I see your point. Let's practice the things that maybe you're not as comfortable doing now. Yeah. That way they become more comfortable when the season's here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think he just got uh, a little competitive. Yeah, he's like, look, he's I like, see screw this. this. I want this first down through hell or high water. Yeah. Like, yeah, because they do practice situational drills where first downs are still important, right? Um, so yeah, that that uh, it'll be interesting to see how often he runs and and how effective he is because we might see less runs, but but higher yards per per run. So I we'll, think we'll the see. last thing I'll say about that, the ultimate takeaway after I saw that was still this. I was reminded that we still have no idea what the heck Munkin's offense is going to look like. As much as everyone wants to pontificate or talk or, you know, manifest things, we don't really know. Because as soon as I saw the schedule stuff, I mean, the, the up to middle stuff, I was like, man, I just mm-hmm. automatically checked it off the box. Like, this ain't happening this year. Yep. And yep. it took 10 minutes in practice, and you saw it. Yeah, no so doubt. And I'll tell you, one thing we did see is that the running or the running backs will be targeted far more often yeah, yeah, that's than true. ever before. So that that I think was exciting for a lot of people. Um, and then moving on on the defensive side of the ball, you know, these kind of two go hand in hand. So I'll just combine these two notes. I'll say the defensive line, it's hard to always judge offense and defensive line until the mm-hmm. pads come on, the guys really start hitting. But at the same time, during the drills, man, you always got to be impressed when you see. Guys like Michael Pierce, Metabike, Broderick Washington, 
Travis Jones, guys that are just so gigantically huge, but still quick and fast. I mean, there's drills where they're they're kind of like ripping the, the the guy in front of them down and then turning and sprinting, almost like they're covering a, a slant. I mean, a, a screen mm-hmm. or you know a quick receiver screen. They're trying to you know run down the player from behind. These guys look big, fast. They look in shape. You know, oftentimes Michael Pierce uses the initial part of camp to get into shape. They all look like they're in good shape right now, Jimbo. Justin Metabike looks gigantic, but also like like he's uh he, he ain't carrying any fat on him. I mean, right. this guy is just gigantic but svelte and can absolutely svelte. turn and run. I mean, I was just blown away at his ability to to turn and then kick it into high gear for his size. I, I I'm excited. I think this defensive line is kind of getting overlooked because of the loss of Calais Campbell and that's a big loss from a from a leadership standpoint, but also a, a production standpoint. But man, I think they got some guys who are really ready to step into a bigger role. Yeah, no, it it does get you excited when you see the guys moving the way they're moving. You're right, they're moving really well, and I think that's why people, you know, your explanation of Metabike is why people kind of have made that comparison to him and Aaron Donald. Just that there's not too many guys at their position at their size that are just ripped out of their minds. Yeah, um, a lot of them carry a, carry a bit more fat on them than 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 those two guys, and yeah, so it's it's really exciting to see. I hope that he can just be consistent this year. I feel like we've always seen flashes. That'll be the next step, and and we're looking. I know that you know, like you said, you and I are both looking forward to it. Uh, the mm-hmm. other the other thing I wanted to mention though was, um, well, we can say with the big boys up front. One of the things that I thought was really fun when they were down closer to, to our uh, to our portion of the the field. Uh, they were doing some seven-on-seven stuff, and I know we saw some tight ends make some nice plays and some other stuff that we'll talk about. But on the other end, they were doing look like some one-on-ones with some offensive linemen and some defensive linemen. And, man, Tyler Linderbaum is everything as advertised. I mean, obviously, we saw him play last year. He just looks bigger, stronger, faster, more confident in his steps, more confident in his snaps. And uh, it's funny, man, because he really comes off as a nice country boy, and he probably is, right? Like, hold the door for you, take your groceries to the car, whatever. But, like, Michael Pierce, he stood up Michael Pierce in a one-on-one, and then Michael tries to, like, move to his left, and uh, Linderbaum, you know, just yokes him up. And then at the end of the play, the whistle blows, and he kind of gives him a little, Ugh. you know what I mean, at the end, a little emphasis at the end of that play. He's a nasty kid, man, like, in a good way, right? Like, he's just a nasty football player. Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to dominate and get the recognition that I think he deserves mm-hmm. this year. I, I, I just think he's the best the best center in the AFC. Yeah, and this is a big year for him. I mean, his, his criticisms were that he was smaller. Well, let's see what he looks after a, a healthy offseason and, you know, with where this is now your only focus and only job, not school, not studying for tests, exam. Right. No, you're all about putting – putting as much muscle on because he knows he's going to need it. There's a lot of good defensive linemen uh, in this division, so he better come correct. Cam Hayward's not going to be giving him any uh, any plays off, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, excited to see him show that nasty because we don't have a lot of guys on the team that I would say are nasty right? Um, as far as how they play, and I think he could be one of them. Because I, I don't look at Stanley as a guy who plays nasty. Moses, don't really look at him as a guy who plays nasty. Maybe Zeitler has some in him. Certainly Linderbaum, and I'm hopeful we'll just stay on the offensive line. It looks like what we're seeing is Salah gets the surprise start at left guard, really to start training camp over guys like John Simpson who've had far more experience, and he's got the nasty in him that Linderbaum's got. There's no doubt about it. Harbaugh said he's earned 
the right to get first team reps. I mean, what does a rookie have to do in OTAs and rookie minicamp to impress the coach that much to say he's earned day one first team reps? And what what round did we get this guy in, Jimbo? Sixth round, right? I mean, what the hell did this guy do in that mm-hmm. short little OTAs to make that impression on Coach Harbaugh? Yeah, to me, it has to be his ability to pick up the offense quickly and his technique and his his already, like, physical uh, – yeah, his physical shape. But his technique and then his ability to pick up the offense just, you know, quickly already be, be um, pretty advanced and, and picking it all up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a bit of a shocker because I think, you know, you think about Cleveland, um, Simpson, uh, McCary – who am I missing? And now McCary, we can kind of maybe toss out a little bit because they like him to be the sixth man. But who else is competing there? I feel like I mean, I'm still missing a guy. Falele, some people say can still Falele, right. I know. mean, there's names. Yeah. The list is not short. It's not like he's just, oh, this was a dire, dire need, right? And so we're gonna plug we're gonna plug him in here because we ain't got anybody else. It's not that case. We've been in situations like that before, let's be honest. Yep. But this isn't one of those. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an indictment of Cle- of Cleveland and Simpson mm-hmm. and it's a, a serious compliment to Sala. It'll be interesting to see what, what, what they do moving forward, but those guys got a lot of catch up. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the fact that, like you said, they're not leading to start training camp when mm-hmm. they've been here, like that is a serious, serious indictment on all those guys competing for left guard, but shout out to Sala for making the most of, of such a small opportunity that he's mm-hmm. had so far going OTAs and made that big of an impression. That's pretty cool to see. Um, I, I, you know, I tell you the tight ends, man, I was watching the tight ends group pretty, pretty closely because of the fact that it's been getting a lot of attention. I know Kadri was hyping up Charlie Kohler, Jimbo. Mm -hmm. I didn't see Charlie Kohler. I mean, I saw him, right. He he did absolutely nothing. I saw more from Travis Volkolek as a pass catcher than I did even Charlie Kohler, who I did see out there. Uh, but in on the good side of tight ends, Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews look ready to play tomorrow. And, man, that connection between Andrews and Lamar, specifically in the red zone, looks like it's fully intact still. Yeah, it cracks me up, man, because uh, everybody's asking, what's going to happen with Mark's production? What's going to happen with Mark's production? Well, just go watch stadium practice yesterday. It was basically just a glorified walkthrough for the most part. And anytime Lamar's feet start tap dancing, mm-hmm. right to Mark. Yep. I mean, that is just his absolute security blanket. And it's not like, I mean, Mark's obviously, it's not like he's forcing the ball to him either. I won't say that. Mark is doing, you know, like you said, he looks great. He's getting the, man, the way he got open early on, I think it was a seven on seven down your R end zone. I forgot who was defending him, but he made it look so easy, so easy that I was just like, man, this can't be real life. <laughs> like this guy must have thought the play was dead or something. You know what I'm he saying? Lull, he'll lull you to sleep. Man, it was something. I, I was I was just really impressed. I'm excited about yeah, I'm excited about Mark and and Isaiah for sure. It's funny, man. Isn't Volkolek like the perfect last name for a blocking tight end? He's like he a does. Baltic st- Baltic State guy. Like I am Volkolek. He sounds like, like the third or fourth tight end on every NFL roster. Every yeah. one of them. And you know, but but to, back like to the descendant of Drago, dude. He does. Yeah, exactly. And he is a big, big dude. Um, but Isaiah likely to me made some fantastic catches. He pants looks, and all. He's Yeah, exactly. So why, how are you wearing long pants, black long pants in that type of heat with zero shade? I don't Seriously. understand. But 
I mean, made an adjustment on a nice throw across the middle that was a little behind him, snagged it out of the air. He's such a smooth athlete. Like, it's hard to it, – you got to remind yourself he's a tight end because he just looks like a big receiver. He's just mm-hmm. so fluid, so smooth. Can't wait to see what Munkin can do with this guy because as good as Andrews looks, like, just running, like, likely is just such an impressive athlete. Uh, yeah, just can't wait to see. But was hoping to see a little more from what Charlie Kohler – all the hype he was getting in in the the, the notes we've been watching, of course, Kadri hyping him up um, as his dark horse. But yeah, we'll, we'll wait to see if he makes impressions later on in camp. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I, I want to bring up here is, excuse me, um, I'm just gonna kind of skip down here, Glenn, because I can't yeah, wait. Man. I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, we gotta talk about the corners first of all. I thought Rocky Sin did well yesterday. I thought he had mm-hmm. some nice plays. Looked physical. Looked as advertised. Yeah, he's big. He's physical. He's fast. He's got good hands. He's got He's handsy, like he'll he'll you know he'll, he'll put his hands on you. Um, but I really liked watching Brandon Stevens yesterday. Uh, as you know, he's my guy mm-hmm. in, in the defensive backfield, and uh, he you know he had a nice uh, PBU against James Prochet in the corner of the end zone. I saw him make a couple other nice you know nice uh, plays and 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 stay close stay close to guys. But I'm calling it. I'm I'm not waiting any longer, Glenn. Brandon Stevens is going to be our third most utilized corner. If he's actually corner, like if he's going to be a corner on the team, as far as like play percentage breakdown, I don't care how you slice it, whatever you want to do. Brandon Stevens is going to be on the football field. The third most of everyone in our corner room. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think I really, I think right now the kid is better than Caillou blue. I think he's better than Pepe Williams. I think he's better than armor Davis. I think he's better I think he's better than all of them. I do. I just I think he's more physically gifted. I think he works harder. I think he wants it more. I just wow. do. Wow. Brandon Stevens well, is my guy, dude. He's going to be see. number three in the corner. I, I yeah, I see. He's your guy. I'll, I'll say this: he did have a good practice. I thought he he had a nice breakup against uh, Aguilar. He he was he was good. He was good. But I think also good was Jalen Armour Davis, who's getting a lot of looks at the slot corner position, despite being traditionally outside Alabama, had some injuries last year. People saying that he should have had the surgery before last season, that he ended up getting after last season, and that he's in a much better place. I hope they're right because, of course, the Ravens need depth at that position behind Marlon and Rocky Sin. And then there's also people still saying, look, don't forget about Pepe. He's itching to get back on the field. He probably had the best rookie season of all the corners last, last year. Uh, and he's the most natural fit as the nickel. Um, but yeah, Steve, it's hey, you can't have a. I'd love to have the problem of too many good corners competing for that spot. I think that's that's exciting to hear that Stevens is playing well, Armor Davis, and that Pepe. You know, the expectations are he'll get back to what he had. You know, what he started last year once he's back right. out there. Right. Yeah. So, um, corners is looking a little bit better. I still wouldn't mind to see him add someone. Of course, I don't know if we've seen. Um, Mallette, I think his name is – is that his name? Yeah. Uh, joined, the, joined the team just yet. I didn't notice him out there if he was there um, at the stadium. But, um, yeah, let's see what let's, – let's let that, that uh, competition heat up a little bit. Also, Simma. I wanted to touch back uh, real quickly because I thought this was an interesting note. Michael Pierce mentioned when asked about mm. Travis Jones. That it, because when you put those two next to each other, that's an impressive-looking group. Uh, but he talked about Travis Jones and said he's the strongest player on the team. This is coming from Michael Pierce, who looks like the strongest player on the team. 
says that Travis Jones in just his second year is the strongest player on the team. And then further said he's the strongest player he's played with in the NFL, mm. which I get hyping your teammate up. But if he's telling the truth, like you mentioned pregame show, it's a guy who's played with Brandon freaking Williams. Yeah. I mean, Brandon. Yeah. Brandon Williams is the Hulk, right? Weren't you telling me he's uh power powerlifting now? Yeah. That's insane. And then Calais is no, no chump. No. I mean, yeah, that's and, – and Travis is so young. The thing about Travis, though, is he looks like he's 30. He's so huge. Yeah. And just – yeah, I mean, yeah, he's – so that's that's exciting. And, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that he can take a step forward because he can be another guy similar to a Brandon Williams in that – or, excuse me, not Brandon Williams, uh, Brandon Stevens in that his jump could be significant from last year to this coming year. I, I only think there's a few guys that we can really look at and say, all right, what were our expectations and how did they play last year? And can they actually, like, can you objectively say he can make a big jump? And I think he's one of those guys that you look at and you say, all right, he's a candidate to really put it together next year. Uh, so, I mean, if he does, that absolutely helps big time up the middle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the defensive line. But really quickly, one thing we got to, forgot to mention about Brandon Way- or uh, Michael Pierce, dude lives in the backfield, doesn't he? <laughs> You just forget about him, man, because he's just been beat up and he had time away at other teams. But gosh, dude, it doesn't make sense that he looks like he does and can move the way he does. Yeah. Do you ever wonder if the short arms are to his advantage? I like, mean, as long as he can get, get a hold, hold of you. Yeah. If you imagine a bowling ball with no arms running at you, you know, coming at you, rolling at you full speed. How do you stop it? Yeah. Yeah. The only the only thing conventionally they say if a longer armed offensive lineman can then get a hold of him, then how does right. a shorter arm guy? But he doesn't seem to have that problem right. either. He's, He's swatting the arms, arms away. Off and... Exactly. Yeah. And getting in there. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Because he had a tip pass. Yeah. I think you mm-hmm. you identified yesterday. Um. And he was in the. I mean, so quick was in the backfield. That's that's really exciting. So can he, Mike, just stay healthy, dude. Please stay healthy. Do what you got to do. Like, yeah, stay healthy, please. Um, yeah, and then, look, we got we can't go – we can't go um, – we've already went too far in without hyping oh. up what OBJ has done. I mean, oh, my gosh. Does this, is he not look the best he's ever looked in his – I think he's looked, he looks the best physique he's ever looked in his entire life. He is – I mean, he is ripped. I mean, this guy yeah. – and he doesn't mind showing it. I mean, he had the no. shortest shorts out there. You know, and I'm not mad really? at him because that's what I would do if I looked like yeah, that. Yeah, if one of his huevitos fall out, like <laughs> – You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, dude. Uh, They're so short. He did, man. He was loving showing off the tats. Um, I mean, he it, it was it was it was really but but on the field, yeah. I mean, the guy's making catches. He had a nice touchdown over over Humphreys. He kind of came from the left side of the field across to the right, had a diving catch also on the right side of the field, right towards the end of practice. I mean, it seems like what, what's interesting about OBJ is that it's like he's 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 got a plan. And he's sticking to that plan because yeah. hit the field, he was doing some individual stuff. Looked like with a with a coach where he was just getting his body ready. Get, but once he got himself ready for practice, boom, he's hitting it with just like all those younger guys out there. He looks incredible. I mean, what I think what makes like a veteran or maybe it's just natural. Maybe he had this because he he set all those rookie records and his first couple year records. His ability to adjust to the ball and to confuse because a lot of times what corners are doing. They talk about having late hands as a receiver. 
don't show the balls coming your way until the last second because if you sh- if you're if you're putting your hands up anticipating the ball, a corner's knows that that ball's coming and they're ready to make a play on it. What I love about him is his ability to confuse the corner while also making a play on the ball. Like I saw I saw him fake a back shoulder just to deceive the cornerback and then immediately fake out of it and make the beautiful catch down the right-hand side. I mean, it's the nuances that make him I think that we're seeing now that we get to see him up close and personal mm-hmm. in the Raven. It's just different. It's those nuances, Jimbo, that sets him apart. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's it's uh, Well, it's that attached with, like you talked about at the beginning, all the physical skills, right? Because a lot of guys maybe have the hand-eye coordination or the wherewithal to do all of that, but at the speed, at the same rate, at the ability to jump, at the ability to change direction, and then the ability, I mean, the, 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 the mitts, like we can't forget about the hands, right? It's just, it's it's there. And, and the common convention is that hopefully the added muscle protects the joints and the tendons and things like that. So, yeah, he looked the, the absolute part yesterday and, and continues to, to do so. So hopefully the, uh, the tempered – the hardest thing to do to an athlete is to pull him back, mm-hmm. him or her, right, is to say, hey, no ego, amigo, like let's pull this thing back and let's, let's slow it up. That's the hardest thing in the world to do to anybody who has any sort of competitive edge. And so it seems like he's finally getting a little bit of that and, uh, and, and starting to understand that. It takes time. I still struggle with that all the time. So I totally well, get Marcus that. Andrews said, or Mark Marcus. Mark Andrews said the same thing, Jimbo. It's a good right. point. Is that in his in this year, the thing he's focusing on is how to practice and play smart. You know, yeah. he always wanted to be out there for every practice. I don't care. I'm a vet. I'm not taking a vet day off. I'm practicing with my guys. Yeah. He's seeing the bigger picture now. And I think OBJ is in the same light. And that look, I can't take every practice rep at a hundred percent, like mm-hmm. as in diving for a ball that might be catchable if i lay out because then i might get hurt you know i, I love the uh the, the maturity of their game both of them yeah 100 and, and uh man i'm it still blows my mind that odell beckham jr is a baltimore race <laughs> it's like, crazy who would have thought of that seriously mm-hmm. i mean people yeah. hoped but different between actually because the perception it. it from the outside and the national media has a big part of this and and us i guess for believing them that, that he wouldn't be a good fit for the Ravens. Like his personality, the diva, as is, is they kind of painted him. And now we get to see up close and personal and see that was, again, once once again, another ag- agenda. See, it, Like it just didn't – It's that's not him. Like, yeah, does he want to be a productive member of the team? Does he want to play a big part in the success of the team? Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. not such a bad thing, Jimbo. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you don't want to peel too much of that back. Because it's the same things that made him great, you know. Mm-hmm. So you give him you give him the lanes within which he has the the ability to be himself and and let him ride. I mean, just like we've done with Steve Smith, with uh, a lot of these other guys who got big personalities that I'm probably not thinking about right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think to John's credit, he's at this point in his career, he's pretty good at bringing t- guys like that in. Uh, so yeah, I mean, overall, I thought there, there were some some unexpected things from camp or from from the stadium practice, and then some welcome surprises. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. We're we're going out to camp here soon. Um, yeah. You know, hey, last qu- I want to ask you one quick thing here. Yeah, Todd Munkin was asked about. Oh right. The so traditionally since Lamar's been here, you've seen a wristband mm-hmm. on his wrist where he, you know, some Greg Roman believed in. I guess not having to memorize it. I, I guess to just look down and be an easier thing to look down at your wristband. 
Munkin does not feel the same way. Munkin believes that it's the it's on the quarterback to know this offense inside and out, know the calls inside and out, not rely on some wristband, and that he has to hear it from Todd, absorb it, and then regurgitate it back to his teammates where the words that, that Todd Munkin used. And look, if Lamar Jackson wanted to be paid like he has been, which I know he does, I know he wants to be talked about as one of the elites, one of the greats. I know he wants to... Um, you know, go down as one of the best to ever do it. Well, the way you do that is by taking on all the responsibilities of, of being that guy. And Todd Munkin is heaping all those responsibilities. And I think Lamar is finally getting what he wanted, a chance to be to be that guy, to be one of the great quarterbacks that is involved in the game planning of the offense, that is more than just a, a, a you know, cog in the wheel. He's an essential part of the game plan experience. I, I love that they're making him way more. Look, your quarterback is different than everyone else on your roster. He just is. He's just more involved. I mean, that's just how it is uh, of any of the greats. So mm -hmm. I love that now Lamar Jackson's kind of being brought behind the curtain. He's being involved. It's it, it just, it's amazing. But my question to you is Jimbo, do you ever think, do you ever worry like, Oh my good. Like, is this too much? You know, we're, we're going from, Greg Roman, who had a wristband on him, to now Todd mm -hmm. Bunkin, who's going, nah, all of this is on you. I am empowering my franchise quarterback to be our leader. Do you get ever get worried that uh, this might be too much for him? No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, look, the thing is, is that I, I feel like we've seen Lamar do it as far as having the capacity to take this kind of stuff on. I know at a lesser level, but it's the same thing. I don't consider it. Yeah, it's faster. It's not like he hasn't. He's not a like. It's not like he hasn't been playing in the NFL. We've seen him have these type of responsibilities outside. You know, outside of his time in the NFL when you know he was in college and things. And so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not nervous about it. Lamar Jackson's gonna step up. Yeah, I, it was funny when in his interviews talking about quizzing himself and stuff, like turning the page and make sure he gets it right and like things like that. But um, that's exciting. Uh, I think it, Lamar is gonna be enlightened by this opportunity and and look forward to it. Speaking of Lamar, though, I got to mention this: the funniest part of camp yesterday, though, Glenn. They did Josh Johnson dirty, dirty. So all the quarterbacks come up and they put out their they put up their career stats, right? Yeah. Josh Johnson's got like twenty two hundred yards, got thirteen touchdowns. Um, he's played for fourteen teams. Um, he played for the Niners and the Ravens on three separate occasions. Right. I mean, he's played. Yeah. So they they put up his career stats, whatever. And then Lamar runs out. They have this this earth-shaking ovation to Lamar Jackson. And then right after that, they put up Lamar Jackson stats. Like, why are you going to do that to poor Josh? Not even put fair. Lamar's up first. Lamar has more rushing yards than Josh Johnson has passing yards in his career. And how long has Josh Johnson been in the league? 14, 13 years, right? <laughs> it's something crazy. Yeah, look, I mean, he's there's a reason he's been on that many teams. It looked like it yesterday. I mean, I was frustrated mm. watching him. I, I was mentioning to you, it's like this guy's not even taking chances in, in the third day of practice. Like this guy's taking the easy check down in seven on seven at the stadium. Have some fun, Josh. Throw the damn ball to the end zone. I mean, my goodness. Uh, yeah, him and Huntley, to me, to be honest, Jimbo, nobody impressed me outside of yeah. Lamar in the quarterback room. It was a tough one yesterday for sure. The offense definitely still has more growing pains to go through, I think, as a whole. Than, than the defense because of the new system. It was a tough one, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's it for us, folks. We had a good time yesterday. Like Glenn said, we tried our best to stay out of the heat and stay in the shade. 
Uh, you know, we'll be at training camp one, two, one, at least one of us is not both of us on the first, the eighth and the 16th is the, yep, the yep. yeah. And so, um, you know, if you're going to be out there, you want to meet up with us, feel free to let us know, drop us a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Be happy to, to catch up with you. Love doing so. So, uh, that's it for us, but, uh, enjoy camp. If you guys are headed out there, stay cool, make sure to put sunscreen on the old beak and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.